Welcome to How High Can You Jump? My name is Carter May and I'm a 17-year-old high school junior. Over the past few years, adults have asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? Pretty straightforward question that should be easy to answer, right? Well, it's not. At least it's not for most high schoolers. As it turns out, I've given it some thought and I do have an idea of what I want for my future and ultimately what I'll do when I grow up. So I'm on a mission to learn more. Join me as I have conversations with people whom I respect and admire, am inspired by, and am genuinely interested in learning more about their professional life story. We'll talk about what they studied in college, the twists and turns of their career path, and what they're doing today. I hope their stories inspire you so you have more confidence in answering the age-old question, what do you want to do when you grow up? Hey listeners, Carter May here. Today we have Nathan Schultz, who has worked as a tax specialist for most of his young career and now is an associate advisor at Brighton Jones in San Francisco. Nathan also has a love for basketball and has played all his life. Uh, so, hey, Nathan, how are you doing today? Doing well. There we go. Uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. I'm really eager to learn more about your your whole professional experience and how you've made uh, decisions early in your transition from high school, college, uh, to now your career. So, you ready to get started? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Let's do it. So, here we go. Uh, the first kind of area I want to attack is... Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why families uh, end up moving and in turn, their kids end up going to different high schools. Uh, often it's because of parents, job change, stuff like that, um, and different family dynamics. So you did you did move from St. Louis to San Francisco Bay Area in high school uh, in kind of those those critical those critical years in high school. Um, what what prompted uh, the move for your family? Yeah, I moved. Um right before my senior year of high school. So I was going to Francis Howell High School in St. Charles outside of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And then my dad um, took a job at a church in Redwood City in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, and so our whole family moved. I had a couple older sisters in college, so they stayed where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but me and then my siblings past me all moved. So um, yeah, I was for some reason I was like down to do it. It sounded fun to move to California. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a big change during some like critical years of high school, um, but also everything kind of turned out to to be a good experience. So, um, yeah, yeah. So now I'm here. Definitely here. agree. <laughs> it definitely, it definitely turned out to be a good experience. Um, so you kind of just to piggyback off of what you just said, you you uh, finished your junior year in high school, one of probably trademarked as the most difficult year in high school. Um, so going from St. Louis and kind of starting into a new city, uh, what what um, what concerns did you really have coming into this new environment, especially coming to the Silicon Valley Bay Area, which is one of the biggest producing areas of business in the world? What kind of uh, concerns did you have coming into this new environment? Um, yeah, I think a lot of it I was ignorant to at a younger age. Mm-hmm. I think I, I barely knew <laughs> what all was in California. Um but ultimately, um, some of the things that started to become like, you know, just either culture shock when I moved here or kind of just things mm-hmm. that I wasn't used to was more diversity, faster pace of life. Most families have both parents working. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times um, my classmates in high school were also working to support, help support their parents and their family, mm-hmm. um, which was very different than what I was used to is yeah. just very traditional homes in, in the Midwest where usually it was it was the dad sometimes the mom but usually only one parent working 
Um, and so that was a big change. And then just the, the fast pace of life from, I think I picked it up in high school, but also just since I've graduated, it's like, you know, it just, life moves quicker. Yeah. People are constantly moving vacation to, to, to work, to family stuff. And it's just yeah. time, time flies here. It feels like a little, yeah. little faster. Crazy societal change, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, a question kind of going into college now, were you before, I mean, junior year, this, this time in summer, a lot of my listeners and I are actually thinking about, um, what colleges we want to go to. So mm-hmm. in that summer that you kind of moved over, did you find yourself looking at colleges in St. Louis that are different from what you're looking at in California or did your kind of college decision change on any of that? Yeah, I kind of have a unique situation. Um, when I was choosing colleges, I mean, obviously you and listeners know it's, it's just like almost overwhelming with choices. It's like, what do you, what do you even, where do you start? Of course. Yeah. Um, I had, I've always gone to a, a Lutheran church growing up and that's, that's where my dad's been a pastor and stuff. And so there's some Lutheran universities throughout the, the country. And so I was most likely going to go to the Concordia university in Chicago um, just because that's where some of my family had been. I, I knew the area. I was familiar with it. And then when I had moved or when we decided we were moving, there's a Concordia down in Irvine. Um, yeah. 10 minutes from the beach. So it worked out great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it quickly, attention quickly was just like, um, like I kind of got to go around the overwhelming like pool of colleges. And I was just kind of like, eh, this is mm-hmm. like what sounds good and what what like came up to me. So um, it was easy for me, and, I, and I'm saying I got kind of lucky in this way that I just kind of like knew where I wanted to go. And I went and visited and actually had like a long-term friend from back home who also was going, so we got to room together. Mm-hmm. So it kind of lightened the load in terms of like just looking at a big sea of colleges across the country and being like, where do I go kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and that was just because it was affiliated with my faith, so that made it easier. Um, so yeah, that's where I went all four years. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I mean, when you're thinking about college decisions, you also kind of have to put into play what you really want to do in college when it comes to majoring and that kind of stuff. What, uh, what motivated you to want to be in business administration, uh, later, like you were in Mm -hmm. business administration. Um, also who kind of influenced that? Was it your dad, uh, peers, teachers, what kind of, who was your influence Mm -hmm. for that, for that decision? Um, yeah. So going into college, to be honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, out of high school. I liked, I kind of like science, so I was kind of interested in the medical field. Took a few, actually got lucky enough to take a couple like medical like classes in high school in St. Louis. Um, and I also like business classes, and I was kind of just like, oh, let's just keep it broad and see what where this leads. Um, when I started college, I actually didn't declare major right away, and so I was just taking uh, general ed classes, and it's a liberal arts school, so there's actually a good chunk of of uh, just gen eds that you have to get through um, mm-hmm. before you have to take major specific classes. Of course. So I think it was in my sophomore year. Um, I think I took intro to business before I had declared business as a major just mm-hmm. to like see what it was like. And I, I really liked it. I love the professor. And I think what captured me about business was just the wide scope of it. It's like, you know, you can be doing, I mean, more or less every career has to do with business in mm-hmm. some way. And so that that kind of just was like, because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, like, hey, I want to be a dentist or like, I didn't have that like picture perfect thing at the end of the road. Um, so my goal was like, kind of pick the major with the widest like yeah. spread of where this could lead me. Yeah, um, the broadest, and I also yeah. just liked the the topics that the classes were and stuff. So 
Um, that was why I chose it. And then eventually as I took more business classes, I liked the numbers, I liked finance, I liked accounting. So I double majored in finance and accounting, um, had some awesome professors and I went to a small school. So I got to know my professors, which was mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, they were, those were probably my biggest mentors in college just because I got, I was in classes of anywhere from 30, but down to like in my super major specific classes, like seven kids in my class. Wow. So we had a pretty like solid mentorship inside of your classes with mm -hmm. your professors. And they really helped me kind of get connected with local businesses and internships and yeah, that's um, great. just talk about different career paths. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where, where it went from there. Yeah. So you were talking a lot about kind of this, this mantra of traditional families back in St. Louis. And I think um, when coming over to Silicon Valley, you really saw that it's a lot more, it's a lot different. It's a societal change. So did your idea of what you wanted to be when you grew up change uh, from that same idea in St. Louis? Like, did you want to be uh, some job that was a lot more towards that, that scope mm -hmm. of being in St. Louis? Did it change kind of like your idea of what you wanted to do when you moved to Silicon Valley? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of it was um, when I was in St. Louis, I was just like young and I loved basketball and that's what I did with my time. And I was just always a, a good student and did well in school. Not, I wasn't insane, but I just kind of was in the middle of the pack. And mm -hmm. it wasn't like I had my eyes set on a career like super early. It was kind of always just like, I don't know what I want to do. And I played basketball to, in the meantime. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Definitely being here now makes me want to be like, there's like an ambitious drive here. That's like, oh, like there's so many cool opportunities. Like there's so much going on. Um, there's just crazy cool stories out there of different companies and what what's, you know, what's all happening. So I think being here definitely has increased the like, just ambition to like, see what's out there and like, you know, of be successful and, and accomplish something crazy mm -hmm. cool and be involved. Um, but yeah, as far as when I was in St. Louis, it's hard to say, but definitely being out here, there's, there's that ambitious drive that mm -hmm. yeah. just want to be involved. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you stated that you, you love to play basketball and I know you're a great basketball player. We <laughs> actually, uh, for the li listeners reference, we actually almost played a three V three tournament over in <laughs> Washington. Um, but, uh, yeah, tell me a little about a little bit more about, uh, maybe your senior year on that varsity basketball team and how it was. How it was fun, how it was similar or different to your kind of time in St. Louis, mm -hmm. um, whether that's how many kids show up, showed up to games, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no, this was actually, I would say my senior year of basketball is pretty transformative um, being on the basketball team. Uh, it was immediate community when I showed up to, France, uh, to Sequoia in Redwood City for that senior year. Mm -hmm. I was kind of in a sea of people I didn't know, which is kind of weird being a senior in high school. Usually that's like, you know, the year. You, you have all everyone. your friends. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows you. They're the, the top dog. So that was kind of a, a tough feeling at first, like walk into a school for one year and just like know nobody. But the basketball team was the coach and just my teammates were amazing and uh, super diverse team, which was new for me and just like opened my eyes to a lot of different cultures. Mm -hmm. And just it was it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so basketball in general was was I would say just a big part of getting me through that senior year mm -hmm. um, and just gave me confidence. And uh, we also had a really good team. And so that was fun because there was a, there was a lot of kids 
that showed up to our games that year. I was also used to good old Midwest high school fans where mm-hmm. the gym is sold out no matter what because yeah. there's not else, not a whole lot else going on. So um, that was a change. But I will say um, we had some pretty cool, good school pride. Um, and I think it was partially because we were a good basketball team. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you choose to attend college in L.A. after moving to Silicon Valley. Um, and I think that that even kind of proves that that stereotype of Midwest kid now to to California. Did you did you expect what L.A. kind of has to offer? Did you see I mean, Silicon Valley, of course, has a lot in business a lot of entrepreneurial people. Um, but moving to LA for college from the Midwest is just absurd. Mm-hmm. So how did, uh, I guess, what is what is the most interesting kind of part of that? What was one of the major shifts uh, that you saw going from that senior year here in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley to LA um, in that kind of short period of time? Yeah, I we were a little south of LA where our school was. So it's Orange County um, and... It was like when I first got their vacation to me because I was in the Midwest. Our only vacations that were to the ocean were to Florida. And it was kind of a big deal to go to Florida. So we'd go every once in a while. But like I remember we were going to school 10, 15 minutes from Newport Beach and Laguna Beach. And I was like palm trees everywhere. It was a little bit surreal. Um, Felt like I was on vacation. And to be honest, most of my freshman year felt a little bit like I was on vacation, Mm -hmm. though. The workload was a little lighter and I was with my buddy and mm-hmm. we had a good time going to the beach and stuff. But um, yeah, super. I, I love Orange County. I love SoCal. The weather's beautiful. And there's a similar it's it's definitely different industries down there, but there's a similar just fast pace of life. And people vibe, are. Yeah. yeah, people are up and out and moving and um, there, it's, it's a little different than the Silicon Bay area, um, Silicon Valley. But um very similar, I would say, in terms of just like fast pace of life, a lot of to do, a lot to see. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, to yeah. Go to school there. Uh, and then I'm familiar that you you chose to uh, focus on finance and accounting. What uh, stood out uh, in finance and accounting besides uh, international business? You know, all these mm-hmm. other type of business kind of sectors within the major. Um, why did you really hone down and choose finance and accounting? Yeah, um, actually, I loved all of the. At our school, we had, I think, six maybe different business, like, emphasis you, you could choose. Yeah. Um, I was naturally a little bit better at the numbers, so finance and accounting came a little bit easier to me okay. um, than the creative side. Um, and so that's that was part of it, is that I was just naturally a little bit better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just loved the, the topics that we'd go through, and I, I loved just the it just felt like there was a, a pretty big upside to those. Of course. Um, those sections of, of business and a lot of opportunity. And um, I had classmates that were interning and had, had pretty successful like careers ahead of them mm-hmm. or like at least um, kind of drawn out. And yeah. so um, that was probably the biggest thing is that I was probably just better at it, but mm-hmm. also I just found the topic super interesting. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And I think this next question uh could probably be answered by every student that's been in either college, high school, any type of education within the last three or four years, um, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's massive shutdowns across the country, uh, including, of course, your university. Um, how did this impact you? Did you 
come home to study? Did Concordia Irvine kind of have like a different uh, approach on it where you kind of s- stayed in your dorm, mm-hmm. online learning? What was what was your experience through that COVID time? Yeah, it was crazy. I remember I was interning at a, a tax firm uh, and it was March. And so we were super busy, super slammed. And I remember it was probably, I think it was the day before our school shut down and I was at this tax firm and I, my, my parents were like, Hey, you should come home. Like schools are closing and I lived on campus. So if the school were to close, I'd have to come home anyways. And so Mm -hmm. my parents were like, if you wait till they announce it's closing, like it's going to be such tough time to get home, like traffic and the airports are going to be crazy and Mm -hmm. who knows what. So they're like, you should probably just like wrap up and come home. And I think at this time, our school was already giving us the opportunity to go home. Like kids were kind of leaving on their own and they were going to like, we were going to figure something out. And so I remember having to go to my tax manager, like who is our boss and be like, hey, like, you know, at an internship, you're like an adult. You feel like an adult. You're being treated like an adult. And I remember walking into her office and being like, hey, my mom wants me to come home. I got (laughs) to leave. So that was was funny. Um, But anyways, we went home. School shut down. Um, I think we somehow figured out some online learning for the rest of that semester, that spring semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, because we were at a small school, the fall semester, we were able to figure out some kind of school that wasn't totally remotely online. And I actually, me and my buddies, we moved off campus because we were like, if school closes again, we want to at least do school online together down there. We didn't want to go yeah. home. So we lived off campus, but our school had all different kinds of protocols. You could sign up for like online or in person. And so at first it was like, you know, half and half and zoom and it was kind of a slow, but I think we were quicker than a lot of universities just because we were small. So it was like, we weren't dealing with 30,000 kids. We were dealing with 2000. And so it's, it Mm -hmm. just was a lot easier to, to ramp back up, which I was honestly a huge blessing in the middle of the pandemic for a lot of kids who were remote for a whole nother year. And we were in person for our senior year was pretty, pretty awesome looking back. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, living off campus with those kids, uh, during that kind of pandemic time, what did you figure out how to kind of have fun and that kind of stuff? How did you deal with it? What were some of the things that you did to, I don't know, fill that time, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, we, well, for one, we kind of ended up being the gathering place, which Mm -hmm. maybe is good or bad, but because at, at, at school where a lot of our friends were living, there was all kinds of protocol, obviously, um, of like, you know, gathering indoors or gathering outside with masks, whatever the rules were at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, we ended up being in the gathering place a lot because there was nobody enforcing rules. But I, with some 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 cautionary people in there to help help break it up. But um, we also just it, it was such a like we were blessed to be in an area where there's so much to do outside. So we did a ton of surfing and biking and going to the beach spike ball whatever it was outside because we had, it was such a pretty area which was huge too being where you had to be either indoors by yourself or mm-hmm. you could be outside with people so yeah that was that was probably the biggest thing we just did so much stuff outside to, to get out so. yeah, yeah, yeah of course um and then you you stated that you were in that kind of tax uh firm for a little mm-hmm. bit what uh I mean, you had a few internships when it comes to kind of like the tax world when you were in school. Um, So kind of just run me down on what was that like? Uh, Did you prepare tax returns um, or something along those lines? Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, were these kind of like obtained through school? Were they Mm -hmm. obtained uh, 
by from a professor from a different organization within your school that kind of gave yeah. out some of these internships? So the first I interned at a tax firm, like we did all individual taxes and then some small business taxes. Um, and it was, that one was actually connected through a professor uh, through school. She just announced like, Hey, we often have interns that go to this tax firm and they're, you know, hiring this, this spring for a tax internship. So I had applied my, this is going to be rusty, but I think it was my sophomore year tax mm-hmm. tax season, maybe junior. Um, and so it was just for tax season. So it was actually during school, which was kind of nice because okay. I was able to squeeze. We had to work a minimum of 20 hours. So I just kind of squeezed it in. Mm-hmm. They didn't really care when. Um, but yeah, we were preparing individual tax returns and small business tax returns. And it was actually really an interesting thing just to see a business kind of on overdrive in that tax season. It was kind of fun to work inside that just well-oiled machine, a little Hectic, bit crazy. Yeah. But um I learned a lot of good like professional skills there Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a smaller firm which was which was kind of cool too I got to meet a lot of awesome people and then my second internship was actually through a classmate she she was my age but she was a year ahead of me in school I think or graduating early and so she had done an internship with Ernst & Young a big four accounting firm and was had a job offer and was graduating to go continue working with them and she was like hey um, it was actually cause those big four firms actually have interviews and hire their interns like way before the summer. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't, it wasn't really on my radar. And then it was, I think January of like past when they hire and they had a couple open spots still in tax. Wow. And so, um, my colleague was like, Hey, you know, our recruiter reached out and said they have a couple open spots for an internship, summer internship. Like, are you interested in tax? And I was like, well, I do like taxes now and I don't mm. hate it. Like, it's not like, <laughs> I, I'm not like, it was hard to at that point be like, do I want to do this for the rest of my career? Yeah. Or like, do I, am I, I'm learning a lot of cool things, but like, is this where I want to go? I didn't know. Mm. Um, So I was like, let's just give this a shot. Like, it's like a great opportunity to get into a big four. And so I was like, let's just do this. So I, it was funny. I sent my resume to, to my colleague and she sent it in. And then I, I went and interviewed once and they hired me. And then they were like, oh, where do you want to work after? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, probably the Bay Area. That's where my family was. And he's like, oh, I'll just call them and see if they can get a spot up there. Yeah. So they called San Jose uh, office for EY and they got me a, a position there. And it was in corporate tax, which was different than what I was doing. It, it, I was doing personal taxes and this was big, big corporate companies taxes. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, very different. And the internship was fully remote, which was kind of interesting. Um, it's during COVID or just the remains of COVID kind of. And so they did a a full remote internship, learned a ton, and then got a job lined up with them. They hired me after the internship to start after I'd graduated after my senior year. So started in corporate tax, um, in San Jose upon graduation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was great. I mean, that's amazing. Ernst and Young known by many as one of the better tax firms in the area. Um, I mean, you did talk a little bit about kind of during that tax season, super hectic, loud. Uh, I mean, most adults know that it's, it's, it, you put in some pretty insane hours during that time. So, um, how did you, how did you deal with it? And, uh, how did you kind of handle your studies and the internship, uh, both at the same time? Because that, I mean, that tax season is also right around that, mm-hmm. that final season. So how did you kind of balance those two things? 
Uh, yeah, it was it was a learning process for sure. Luckily, the tax firm was a, it was twenty hours hourly, and like that was kind of it. I didn't have to work overtime just because I was an intern, um, and so most of the time I could just like clock out and leave leave the the hectic this behind while they kind of had to deal with it. But mm-hmm. um, it was still just a learning learning thing of you know working twenty hours a week plus doing finals. I think there was probably some some things in there where I didn't study enough or didn't make enough time for other things, but it works out and it, it created a good work ethic in terms of like, you know, managing your time. I would say the heavy hours of tax season didn't totally come in until my full-time job after yeah, that. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, you spent over a year at, on the tax staff at EY. Um, kind of give me a rundown on what your, what your day-to-day role was there. Was it obviously more hectic during the tax season. Did you, what did you do kind of during that off season as well? Yeah. So we, I was just the, the bottom of the food chain, I guess, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, a tax staff. And so we did for half the year, the latter part of the year, we would do compliance like tax returns and preparing tax returns. And then in the beginning half of the year, as it kind of merged, it depended on the company and when their fiscal calendar is, but it was generally January to March ish um, when companies are looking to have their financial statements audited. Mm-hmm. And so we would join the audit team to audit financial statements. And that's actually what I was on the majority of the time. And so that's that's when I was really busy, like January to say April ish. And we were auditing all kinds of income tax numbers in their financial statements. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was mostly remote. Um during the busiest seasons, we'd go in person, which was nice because I could learn a lot more when I was in person. It was tough to have like your first job be remote. Yeah. Um, and so it was nice to kind of like be with people, learn from people, like felt like you're in this together when you're in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just, we, we audited a lot of tax numbers, dug through Excel files and made sure numbers were, were meeting our thresholds and, yeah. and everything was cool. So um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of Excel work, a lot of email work, yeah. a lot of admin stuff for me and just organizational, building organizational skills and mm-hmm. learning workflow and timelines and teamwork. And, um, it was really a great, great learning experience. Of course. Yeah. So now, I mean, it's 2023, you transition to Brighton Jones, you're in their kind of smaller office in Menlo park. Uh, they do have a big headquarters as you told me in San, uh, San Francisco. Um, but you're an associate advisor now. So how is your role uh, different or, I mean, similar as well in, in that way, uh, to EY, are you doing a lot more, uh, managing rather than, uh, technical stuff with taxes or mm-hmm. how does that kind of come yeah. into play? Um, one of my biggest, I guess, complaints, if you will, of, of my job with EY was just kind of a lack of pers- people interactions. Like mm-hmm. I was just kind of stuck in my computer a lot and I was kind of looking for something more of course, yeah. people oriented. And so I'd actually talked with a friend and he was like, you got to meet my brother. He was at, you know, in, in accounting and kind of transferred to this and he loves it. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll talk to him. And so eventually ended up getting hired at Brighton Jones and yeah, our headquarters in Seattle. And then we have a big office in San Francisco. And then I'm kind of share time between San Francisco and our new office in Menlo Park. And so um, we basically work in teams of two or three, um, the lead advisor, and then there's some associate advisors underneath them that kind of support the lead advisor. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we do a lot of, um, I would say it's bigger than like 
what your mind goes to when you think of wealth management, you're like, oh, investments, like investing into our portfolio. We do a lot of just like awesome client work with walking clients through estate plans and charitable giving and their taxes. Mm -hmm. We actually do, we do taxes in-house, which is kind of unique for an investment firm. And so that's really cool. I actually, a lot of my like prior tax experience, like has, has gone a long ways in this new, new yeah. job. Cause we actually manage people's taxes. We don't specifically do the return. We have, I have coworkers who do, mm -hmm. um, but we play a little bit of support there, but it's, it's a lot of just like client service. We get to meet with clients and, and luckily like the way Brighton Jones has it set up, like I get to sit in on client meetings. I'm already yeah. getting like as a new member, I'm already getting to meet clients, which is awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. And you just like feel like, like you get to hit the ground running and mm -hmm. you just learn so fast. And so, um, yeah, I, I love it. It's a lot more people interaction. The team I work with, my coworkers are awesome. It's kind of a young, young company. We're growing quickly. So a lot of my coworkers are younger, which is yeah. fun to work with people like fun. near my age. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a lot more, um, just people oriented. You're, you're, you're working with clients, you're working with your teammates. It still has the technical side where we'll dig into an Excel sheet or we're looking at investments or we're managing a portfolio. Um, but it just has like a much stronger like people side okay. to it, which is awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so kind of slowing down a little bit here. Um, being so young in your career, you have so much kind of ahead of you on your your next kind of career path choice stuff along those lines. Uh, what is what is kind of like a bigger goal for you? Um, what is are you looking to get more of an advanced degree? Uh, maybe take a different career path as mm -hmm. you as you follow along on your career. Yeah. So. In the career I'm in currently, which I like so far, and I don't foresee leaving anytime soon. So mm -hmm. my next benchmark will be the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner. And so that'll take like a year and a half, a year to a year and a half to two years, somewhere in there. You got to complete an education program and then sit for the exam. Of course, yeah. Um, and that's kind of like just a necessary in our career. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like my big, like, I need to do that. And so that I'm, I'm kind of gearing up for that now, actually. And then... After that, um, it kind of just will depend. I'm always like super, I've always been interested in MBA just because I think it'd be an awesome like networking opportunity mm -hmm. and just meet a lot of, a lot of cool people. Um, it's not necessarily like like a requirement, if you will, in our career. Um, but I, I don't know if they it ever hurts to have an MBA. So that might be down the road. Um, I'm also just like, I enjoy learning and reading and stuff. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that just will, will Spark work some. its way out. Yeah, I might... There's other there's other things like the CFP too, other credentials you can get. So CFP is the big one, and then from there we'll see like where where that leads. Yeah, of course. Um, and I mean, one of the last questions we have here. I know you're a huge faith based guy. Your dad being a pastor, growing up in that whole scene. Um, how have you really seen kind of your 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 true faith play into this role of business? Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to ethics mm -hmm. and business, there's a lot of different things where you can go and different decisions that may not seem like the most ethical. So how do you, how do yeah. you kind of decide when that, when that kind when that time will come, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. It's, it's definitely one of the tougher things of being, I would say like a Christian and working just in, in the general job setting, um, is kind of figuring out that balance. I think ultimately for me, it just comes down to like serving other people is kind of the biggest thing, um, of, course. of how I can like play out, live out my faith. I just kind of view work as a great opportunity to just like serve my coworkers, mm -hmm. serve my clients yeah, um, and just do it wholeheartedly. And, and with a smile, it makes a difference for people, especially in the client service. We get to do a lot of the, 
a lot of the, sadly, a lot of the situations we walk clients through are tough things too. So sometimes it's happy stuff. Sometimes it's divorce or a death of a family member, or there's a lot of tough conversations. So a lot of those can, it can go a long way to, to, you know, be a light to those people. Um, but yeah, I think another cool thing we get to do at Brighton Jones is we have a big focus on connecting clients to their values and then like how their money can tie into that. So Mm -hmm. like, how can we help you align your finances with your values? So you're living at Brighton Jones. We like to say living a richer life and richer being whatever that means to you. Right. So that's kind of a cool aspect too, of how I like kind of see my faith is like, Oh, like, you know, I have these values and, you know, clients have different values than me, but maybe there's some similar, maybe there's some different, but it's cool to like have like to, to be aware of like walking clients through like, like aligning them with their values and helping them like align their finances that way. Yeah. So that's a really cool part of my job too. Mm -hmm. I mean, talking about your, uh, the values with your clients and that kind of thing, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, what are some of your own values and maybe even we can broaden it a little bit more Mm -hmm. and say, what is, what is your motivation even Mm -hmm. to, to just work as that broad question? Yeah, we, it's funny you ask. We actually, our team uh, at Brighton Jones, it has a big focus on values. So everyone does a values exercise and you you come up with three values and there's, you know, a little process to how you get there and they're not set in stone. They're always, you know, changeable. But so we have this room in our office and everybody's name is up there and their values are underneath their name. So other people are like, can see your values and be like, oh, they value, you know, fun or laughter or family or whatever it is. Um and so mine changed, so it's hard for me to always remember my top three. But um, I think the last ones that I've kind of like have on my desk on a sticky note is generosity, humility, and integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's those are kind of like more attributes. That's outside of like faith, faith and family. Those mm-hmm. are kind of my obvious ones. These ones are a little more um, nuanced. But um, yeah, I think those three things kind of come down to how I motivate myself to work in terms of generosity with I relate that word to service too. just generous with your time, with your money, with your efforts. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of been my main motivation since I've started working of like, yes, it's something that I do for myself and I enjoy working, but also just ultimately it's, it's how I'm helping other people. Um, And I, I think with fine, like the cool part about the career I'm in is it's like, that's our job is helping people. Like that's what we do. Um, And so that's been like super fulfilling to me to be Mm -hmm. like, to like sit in a client meeting and you get to like walk them through their estate plan. Like, and they're so like thrilled. Cause like, that's not what they, they're not experts in that. And of we course. are. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I view my motivation. That's great. So. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, here we go, Nathan, you've made it to our, our lightning round that we All call right. it here on how high can you jump? Um, the word lightning that we say here is pretty ambiguous. You can really answer them at any okay. any pace. You know, any pace. Uh, some of them are pretty. They're they're more fun than uh, serious questions. So, okay. just to start us off, what uh, what is one thing that you kind of just do for fun? Uh, golf and running. There we go. Okay. So uh, number two, we have what uh, what was it like going to a faith based college mm. rather than kind of like a bigger yeah you know college? That's a good question. Uh, very different. Um, Actually, because we actually have a very good athletic program. So a lot of the kids there are there for athletics and Mm -hmm. not necessarily the faith part of it, which is great. Um, But yeah, it was it was transformative years of my life. And I was happy that it was like surrounded with with Christianity and just also other Christians. Um, It was just it was it was a great experience, I think. Yeah. For me personally, I don't think it's for everybody, but and it's really small school. So that's like not always the like college experience (laughs) people are looking for. Yeah. Um, But yeah. 
it, it was it was awesome. Yeah. So number three, we have uh, who is your favorite basketball player ever? Current? You know? Yeah, I was gonna say currently or we'll, we'll do current, current and and ever. So first, current. Who's the, um, who's the favorite basketball player? Current. I think I don't know if he's my favorite, but I think the most fun to watch is Steph Curry, just because I've never seen someone play at that level of Love just hear. like creativeness and fun. Yeah. Um, and all time, it's tied between Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, which are both kind of. I knew Just Larry stereotypical, was be there but I had yeah. to throw them both in there. Yeah. And listeners love this Steph Curry shout out. There we go. <laughs> uh, from the St. Louis boy. Yeah. So, number four, we have who is the most famous person you've met? Whether it's, Ooh. I mean, in business uh, with your kind of young career or out walking around wow. and just kind of stumble upon them, you know? Oh, shoot. The most famous person. I'm blanking, but one funny story is uh, I played against. Michael Porter Jr. in eighth grade. Wow. He uh, dunked on us a bunch. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. um, and then another funny story, the day we landed in California when we were moving here, David Lee he played for the Warriors. Yeah, he was yeah. in the airport and he's actually from St. Louis. That's why I knew who he was. That's crazy. Um, and so uh, me and my brother went and took a selfie with him. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fifth and final question for you to pass this round, you know. Right. Um, what were some extracurricular activities that you did at Concordia Irvine? Maybe this also includes some of the outdoor activities you did with those those roommates outside. Um, but what were some of the main extracurriculars you did when you were there? Yeah, we we did a lot actually. And because you're at a small school, you can there's like you can wear a lot of hats, which is cool. You can be involved in a lot. Um, I was in like some student body government stuff, so I was in we'd call it Senate, um, and so I got to you know sit in on what what the students were doing to help change the school or make updates or uh, or voice our opinions of and our voices to the, to the administration. So that was fun. Um, a lot of the ministry stuff I was involved in, I was a men's ministry like coordinator for a year. And so that was fun. We organized a lot of fun events, yeah. um, spike ball tournaments, yeah. stuff like that. Um, That's great. That was fun. Did all, all the intramurals, basketball being the most hyped one. Of course. Um, yeah. And we actually got a Frisbee uh frisbee golf course put in on our campus during okay. covid and so senior year we did a lot of that That's which very was fun because it was outdoors mm-hmm. um we did a lot of road biking that was fun down highway one laguna beach and stuff that was pretty a lot of running um yeah cool yeah so you passed our lightning round nice god um so we kind of we we have this trademark question here on on the podcast um I know you're not far from the age of 17, mm-hmm. but my listeners and I are in this position where we're trying to get through a lot of stuff. Um, so basically, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 17-year-old self? Ooh, million-dollar question. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would probably say a combination of keeping your options open and not taking, you know, sometimes it feels like college is the college and career is like, you know, the biggest decision of your life. And, you know, there's no, once you choose, you're kind of on this path and there's no turning back. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's so stressful. And I think just viewing it as more of like, just like keep an open mind, talk to as many people as you can. I think networking, and and that's kind of a, sometimes a big scary word of like, you know, you got to go do something crazy to network. But I Mm -hmm. think just like finding people in your life that are willing to talk to you about even if it's a career that you don't think you're interested in, it might be worth talking to them and just being like, what do you do for a living? Like, I, I have no idea what, what that career looks like. Um, it just goes a, a long way. And I think 
not only learning about new careers, but also it's like if you express interest and they're like, oh, I know somebody who knows somebody who does that and they can talk to you. And it's mm -hmm. like always seems like from what I've starting to gather, it's just like who you know is so important. Like it just it can go a million miles for just like you can sit here and spin your wheels and try to read on the internet or read books. And then like you talk to one person and it's just like, oh, that was so helpful. Like, yeah. It gives you like such good insight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say just keeping your, keep an open mind. College isn't like, yes, you want to get into a great school. Yes. You want to be successful. Yes. It'd be great to like start your freshman year in a major that works perfectly for you. But I think just like, don't take it so, so, uh, seriously maybe yeah. I, I think that might be bad advice but i think it's good advice yeah. like you can cool down it, a little bit yeah like it's it's you know people people transfer people go through four years thinking they're in the perfect career and then they transfer careers after school some people work for 40 years and then change careers when they're 50 like you know there's no perfect route and i think it's sometimes there's like so much pressure to like choose the mm -hmm. like this is my route and like just stick to it and it's like well if you don't like it take a left turn choose and, something else right yeah so that's what I would say. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I think it's even, it, it proves even more of a point that it's coming from somebody who's around our age, listeners mm -hmm. and I, uh, I think it's great. So yeah, that's the podcast. Thank you again, uh, Nathan Schultz for, for sharing a lot of your experience yeah. today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today on How High Can You Jump? We hope you enjoyed this insightful conversation as much as we did. If you found value in today's episode, please consider subscribing or leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find our video versions on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Can't wait to see you next time on How High Can You Jump?